Welcome to On Texas Football, special edition. Uh, joined today by college football host Andy Staples of On3. Uh, you can watch him each and every Sunday through Thursday night at 7 p.m. on the On3 YouTube channel. Andy used to work at uh, Sports Illustrated for almost a little bit more than a decade, The Athletic, uh, elsewhere uh, too. But the big thing for uh, Andy is that he's just now starting off a national show on On3. Uh, Andy, I've always uh, been interested in what you've had to write and what you've had to say. You transferred to the podcast form uh, and still write some. I thought at least you did a couple years ago. Uh, but I, I just want to say thanks for joining the show. Going to talk a little national college football, Andy, as well as uh, some other topics. You have an interesting Texas story I want to share with fans as well. Uh, thanks for coming in. Oh, my pleasure, Bobby. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Got to... I need to come visit the Longhorns. For those who know me, I'm I'm a big barbecue guy, so I, I have a I have to get back to Austin as regularly as possible because there are new places that pop up. Got to go see the old favorites. So I've I've got a list right now that's fairly long. So I need Texas to be very good to make sure this happens. I I've got to I've got to be honest with you. So I'm a barbecue guy myself. My wedding rehearsal dinner was at Salt. Salt Lake Barbecue <laughs> in Driftwood. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always call that barbecue Disney World because yeah. you go out in the middle of nowhere. There's the huge pit, and it because that that's the old school like where they you can do the all you can eat. And I, I God only knows what that costs now. I remember back in the day, it was you know you could get it for twenty bucks, twenty five bucks, and it was just tremendous. And you're like, just could you bring me some more brisket? Could you bring me some more ribs? It's it, it's. <laughs> It's a beautiful thing. And, you know, now you've got all this boutique stuff. The last time I was in Austin, we pre-ordered Franklin, which felt like cheating. So I, I'm, I'm all for just however we can get as much brisket to me as possible. All right. So for folks that don't know Andy uh, real well, I do want to do a little bit of an intro for you. Uh, Andy walked on at the University of Florida, uh, played for Steve Spurrier there. Played, I use the term loosely, Andy. Play, right, for you. human tackling yeah. dummy, let's be real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he walked on there, uh, part of a national championship team in 1996 uh, for Florida. Uh, has bounced around a little bit from different uh, areas, but always has had a really strong following uh, about the culture of college football and the intersection of that and the actual news of college football. And I think you've done a wonderful job. I want to go to you and let's just start straight in because – I think right now, the conference realignment, you're from the state of Florida. And I think the focal point now that the Big 12 has been settled a little bit, the dust out west with Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, the four corner schools making their decision, the, the nixing of the idea of Cal and Stanford going to the mm -hmm. ACC to some degree. Right. That now, the, the focal point of realignment right now in college football goes to Florida State. Mm -hmm. They are the ones making the, the hubbub. Now, North Carolina may care as well and some other schools, but Florida State's the one saying, hey, we've got to do something about this. What is your current take, knowing a little bit about that firsthand? What, what's your take on all of this? It's, it's interesting that you asked me this. As we sit, it is Monday, August 14th. The deadline to withdraw from the ACC, if you would like to play somewhere else in 2024, is tomorrow, is Tuesday the 15th. And I am about to interview Mike Norvell later today, Florida State's head coach. Now, he probably won't tell me anything. And, and let's be real, the, for, the, for the coaches, a lot of this stuff is, is kind of above their pay grade, which is weird considering 
how much they get paid. Yeah. But, you know, this this is just that that's a decision that Florida State's president and trustees will make. And I don't know that they're going to do anything. The way Florida State's been acting, I, I, I hesitate to say anything too definitive because they've been very public and going about this in a way that nobody does. So would it shock me completely if they just said we're, we're going to be somewhere else in 2024? Not entirely, but even their trustees have said, hey, we might not be ready to do this right now. But one of their trustees in their last meeting said, we need to be ready next year. That next August 15th, we need to be ready to say we're out of here and we're going to be somewhere else in 2025. And I think for Florida State, everyone assumes the SEC. I think the Florida State is looking at it like Big Ten or SEC, but one of those two. And... You know, I, I Clemson feels the same way. They are less loud about it. And they've, they've been trying to do the same things. Their lawyers have been looking at the ACC's grant of rights as well. They want to be in the SEC or the Big Ten as well, but they just aren't publicly screaming it from the rooftops. Do the S, do, do Florida State and Clemson as a fan culture fit in the Big Ten? No, I mean, but... But but okay, and this is the, this is the illustration I use for everybody, and and I'm I'm glad I'm around people who love football as much as people where I'm from love football because everyone in Texas will understand this. Remember the magnet schedule with all the helmets on it that's got the whole conference. Add the tiger paw and the spear helmet to a to an SEC one or to a Big Ten one. You're watching those games, right? Like that's that's where it's coming from because. The Big Ten, and I, I understand where the question is coming from because I would have asked the same thing even a few months ago because the Big Ten has always said, well, you have to have this academic profile. You have to be a member of the, the Association of American Universities, all this stuff. But let's be real. If we watch what's happened with the most recent acquisitions in the Big Ten, Fox is running the Big Ten. Fox is deciding who they take. So USC, UCLA... Oregon, Washington. There's a reason they just went Oregon, Washington and not Oregon, Washington, Cal, Stanford. Because if you asked the average Big Ten president, you want Cal and Stanford? They'd be like, oh, of course we want Cal and Stanford. But Fox is like, no, nobody's going to watch Cal or Stanford. So people would watch Florida State, Clemson, and it would give them a foothold in the South, which they don't have right now. Clearly, they have designs on being a nationwide conference. So, and... If you're Florida State or Clemson, you're going to put that out there as much as you can because you want the SEC to feel threatened by that and say, no, 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 we want to dominate our region. So we're going to take it. And, and it, I live in Gainesville, and, and the Florida people do not want Florida State in the SEC. Absolutely don't. And I think if you asked Auburn, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, the people who recruit against Florida State and the people who recruit against Clemson, by the way, would you want those two in the SEC? They'd be like, absolutely not. But I think – push came to shove if everybody's going nuclear and the big 10 is going to take them if you're the sec yeah you probably want north carolina or virginia to expand your conference footprint but if you would like to make better games that people will want to pay more money for you would take florida state and clemson it's interesting i think there's a struggle for the top uh, of the uh, uh college football world right now going head to head and that's espn fox mm -hmm. uh Big 10 SEC. Right. I, and I didn't even bring that in. ESPN is the other factor in all this, but I mentioned Fox basically running the Big 10. All of the SEC is going to be on ESPN as of 2024. Now, honest, uh, obviously the ACC is also on ESPN 
and ESPN's got this nice cost-contained thing with the, with the ACC contract that goes through 2036. But I, I just, at this point, the way Florida State has, has rattled the saber, it ain't holding until 2036. Something's going to change sooner rather than later. Even if it's a revenue share switch, right? right. The, the, the other thing I would say is, man, if Florida State does make it to the SEC or the Big Ten out of this, it absolutely cripples a Miami program that's already been struggling as is because you can't have both of those schools in major, major conferences, one of the top two conferences in Miami, you know, lagging. That, that will right. hurt their flagging fandom as it is already uh, even further. The question that, 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 that strikes me as, as we talk about this, we're t- speaking to Andy Staples, uh, host, college football host of the national, te- a national show, for on three every Sunday or Sunday through Thursday, every day, Sunday through Thursday, seven to 8 PM. Uh, Andy, we look at it uh, a little bit differently over in Texas uh, about conference realignment. A lot of people say that Texas and Oklahoma, they're the ones that stirred the pot again. And Texas, for whatever reason, gets more ire than Oklahoma about being the one that did this. It's the um, Longhorn Network. It'll never, you'll, you'll never live it down. You're always going to be blamed every single time. I've written forever, by the way. All Texas did, even in, in that round, when it was the Pac-10 trying to go to the Pac-16, Texas looked out for Texas, which is what you're supposed to do. Oklahoma looked out for Oklahoma. In this case, both of their interests aligned. It made sense. But A&M looked out for A&M when they went to the SEC. It's not... I have a hard time blaming anybody in all this. Everybody's like, whose fault is it? Who cares? Everybody's trying to, to put their university in the best position they can put them in. So it's not Texas's fault that what happened to the Big 12 happened. It is not Oregon's fault that what happened to the Pac-12 happened. The people who work for Oregon is their, their job to make Oregon's situation the best it can be. The people who work at Texas, it is their job to make Texas's situation the best it could be. So it, it, it's funny about that, but I listen, the circumstances around Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, they make perfect sense. The Big 12 went to ESPN and Fox and said, people forget this now because they then jumped the line, but they went to ESPN and Fox and said, hey, can we negotiate early? And ESPN and Fox are like, no. And as soon as that happened, Texas and Oklahoma, which were already kind of thinking about other things, we're like, we have to get out of here. And it, it made sense because the SEC had just done done a deal three years early. Well, and here's the thing. There's a $30 million delta between mm-hmm. what Texas is going to get in the SEC, at least a $30 million right. delta. Right. It'll go right. up. Growing. Right. Yep. Year one between what Texas would get. Oh, well, Texas and the Big 12 would actually get more than than the 30 that the Big 12 is going to get. So that that that's not necessarily apples to apples. My point is... It, it, it expedites the process. Texas is set now for a good 10, 15, 20-year run as long as these conferences stay relevant. What happens if we go to a national college football conference as opposed to trying to shoehorn in everything into these conferences? There's no reason Oregon should be playing Rutgers in tennis. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. No, right. I, 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 mean, I wish they would just... Uh, Iowa, in Florida, State, Iowa yeah. and Florida State in volleyball? I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to be rude, but those mid They don't make sense. Yeah, and so... I, I want to, that's my next piece for you. Okay. Chip Kelly mm-hmm. comes out. You're aware of this, right? Oh, yeah. Says, Very smart guy. Yeah. Why don't we just, and then he's the head coach down at UCLA, former Philadelphia Eagles, Oregon head coach. Um, why don't we go to where we just pull, pull football apart? Mm-hmm. Because now UCLA goes and plays Stanford in tennis, they play in volleyball. Yep. They play in basketball. They play in Bay. I mean, that those are regional rivalries that make sense. They're not rivalries that are determined by the almighty dollar like football. What what are your thoughts on that? Because I I am I definitely think that I would lean that way if I were the czar of college football. I wrote three or four years ago in the athletic that that they should split football off. It would solve a lot of their problems. Now I think. In pra- and practically what they do is split football and the two basketballs off because women's basketball is about to become pretty lucrative, especially the, the tournament. Uh, it, it may turn from a money loser into a money maker. And the men's basketball tournament is still a $1 billion a year television property. So I would say the schools that want to participate in big time college football, wh- however many that may be, I, I realize it's 133 right now in the FBS. I don't think all of them would make the cut. But you do that, you can take the basketball too, have a 64-team tournament, sell that. You're still going to get the same amount of money for it. it. It changes who Cinderella is, but it doesn't really change it for, for the casual fan. So I think Chip Kelly has the right idea. There have been a, a couple different groups over the years that have said this, and it makes perfect sense. You take football out of the equation, then all of a sudden your other sports – coalesce into conferences that make sense for them and they they can be regional it's okay and then you can play a national tournament at the end of the year and you could have the ncaa run all that it's fine but for football with all this money at stake and this is the reason why these conferences are are turning into frankensteins it's fine in football because you only play five road games a year so just do that and then you have because you think about it I think Notre Dame's in the Big Ten in hockey because the ACC schools don't sponsor hockey. Uh, where where I where I live in Florida, the the other SEC schools don't play women's lacrosse. So Florida is in a women's lacrosse conference with other schools up the East Coast. It makes sense. So I think that's it, Chip Kelly is is always kind of two steps ahead of everybody else. I I think he's pretty smart on this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I, I want we could talk a day and a half just on who should be the college football czar or if there should be one. I'm, I'm definitely one for a commissioner of some sort. I, I have a short list, but it's hard. It, it is really hard to figure out 
who would be qualified, and not just who would be qualified, but who everybody would listen to. Yes, who could build consensus yes. and and command the room at the same same time. All right, last thing I wanted to grab you because I know you've got to get to, to the Mike Norvell interview, um, Andy. Uh, question for you: uh, You mentioned to me uh, that you and the Florida Gators owe James Brown, the former Texas quarterback, Godfather of roll, baby, <laughs> a, a debt of gratitude. Explain some of the things that went on because the Texas-Nebraska game, James Brown yep. uh, roll left uh, to Derek Lewis. That actually put a Florida team mm -hmm. into the national championship, which the Gators eventually won. Uh, give give a yeah. give the folks at Texas in, in Texas a sense of what exactly you're talking about because it was a, a funny story you relayed to me the, earlier. The first time I talked to James Brown, I interviewed him. I think he was. I think he was the body double for one of the quarterbacks on the Friday Night Lights TV show. I think I was interviewing him about that. Yeah. And I said, do you understand how important and powerful a figure you are in University of Florida sports history? And he's like, I've had a few people mention that, but what's the deal? I said, listen, you can have my national championship ring because you actually had more to do with it than I did. So here's what happened. The, the team I was on my freshman year, Really good team. Had played for the national title the year before. Had lost to Nebraska in the Fiesta Bowl. So the idea of playing Nebraska again was 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 terrifying. I think for a lot of the teammates because they 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 were they were, they were brutalized. By, so, they were brutalized by that Nebraska team. Nebraska yeah. had the the misfortune of scheduling a, a, an out of conference game against that Jake Plummer Arizona State team. So they lost early, and it looked like they were out of the hunt. But then. My team goes and loses to Florida State in Tallahassee the last game of the regular season, and Florida State was really good too. So Florida State basically punched its ticket for the national title game, which was going to be in the Sugar Bowl. And so they, this is this is when they had the alliance or, or maybe the coalition. They wanted, they had a million different names before the BCS. And so it basically meant everybody who except the Big Ten and the Pac-12 or Pac-10. And so this was the first year of the Big 12 championship game. So – we lose to Florida State, getting ready to play Alabama in the SEC championship game. The thought is, just go win the SEC championship. That's all there is. Going to go to a nice bowl game. That's that's it. And then Texas-Nebraska happens. And it's it, it was in the afternoon, and the SEC championship game was later. And James Brown rolls left, and it's like, oh, my God, they're going to beat Nebraska. This is actually going to happen. And – it was, it was the only way because Nebraska would have played Florida State in the Sugar Bowl. And there actually needed to be a little more help. You needed Mich – like Michigan beat Ohio State the last game of the regular season, which, which was helpful. And then Ohio State beat Arizona State in the Rose Bowl, which cleared the path for that Sugar Bowl to be the national championship game. But without Texas, that never happens. And, like, I had teammates who wore Texas hats on the plane to the Sugar Bowl and, like, got off the plane doing hook them. So <laughs> – it, it, and and really, I mean, without that, it never would have happened. And, you know, it, it's funny because the SEC championship game never had that kind of shocking result. But the Big 12 championship game, right off the bat, <laughs> just shook up college football. Well, Texas, Andy, uh, Texas is going to try to finish up the Big 12 by winning the championship this year. They've got the talent. Uh, we'll see if they've got the uh, wherewithal to actually perform uh, when it comes time. But, uh, Andy Staples, national college football host of the On3 YouTube show. Uh, make sure you check that out. 
7 to 8 p.m. Sunday through Thursday, also available on podcasts wherever you get them as well. Andy, uh, really appreciate it. Any final thoughts for you, bud? Well, I, I'm just I'm ready for Texas this year. This is this is interesting because yeah, I always look at not just what you bring in. I look at what you put out, and, and Texas has not put out the the best NFL draft stock in the last ten years or so. You see that changing now. You see how excited NFL people are about the guys who are potentially coming out next year, but also about Kelvin Banks, who's got to spend two more years, and and about some of these younger guys. And so I'm excited to see what I what feels like a different Texas team. You know, I need to see them beat. I need to see them win the games like Texas Tech and Oklahoma State last year. You win those games, you're a 10-win team. We're looking at this all differently. Like once they start winning those games, they're fine because the way they're recruiting right now, it's they they're the personnel is getting it done. They're developing the personnel when they get there. Uh the, the Colin Simmons commit was interesting to me because it's the first time since 2010 they've gotten the number one ranked edge rusher in the country. Jackson Jeffcoat was was the last time they did that. And you know, everybody assumes, oh, Texas has had high recruiting rankings. They've been they've not been getting the same kind of guys that Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State were getting, but now they are. So this is very interesting as they go into this last year in the Big 12 and head to the SEC. All right, that's Andy Staples uh, of On3 National College Football host. Andy, we appreciate this. Hopefully, we get a chance to do it some more uh, as the season progresses. Uh, For Andy Staples, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of On Texas Football.